The past few years have been difficult for most people. We've heard stories of lost jobs and people losing everything. Homelessness, addiction, mental health, employment, and food security have become much more apparent and reality for many more. But these are things that people have been struggling with for much longer than during the pandemic. Nonprofits can go a long way in helping those who have fallen through the cracks of society. Peg City Kindness Crew is one such organization, which has popped up in the past few years. Although, although volunteering and support are critical, improving attention to these issues and challenging our governments is the only way to make me is the only way. To, although volunteering and support are critical, improving attention to these issues and challenging our governments is the only way to make meaningful change. Yeah, um, my name is Jay Selak. I am one of the co-founders of Peg City Kindness Crew. And I'm Deanna. I'm the other co-founder, Deanna Stroud. And yeah, we're we're just sort of two of the now group. We have a, a board all together, but for now it's just, yeah, we are, we are the only ones that we're free to talk to you today. So <laughs> what is the Peg City Kindness Crew? And then we can talk a little bit about how it was all formed and created. Sure. Um, so I guess Peg City kind of crew started when we had seen a Facebook post uh, about um, somebody who had responded about some granola bars and some taco shells um, and how she was feeding her students in school during COVID because a lot of their breakfast programs had been stopped and all their meal programs had been stopped. And so these kids were showing up hungry and didn't have anything to eat. Um and I was like, well, that's not cool. I didn't think it was okay that a teacher was paying for stuff out of pocket. I just didn't think it was appropriate. Um, and so I kind of responded quickly and said, let me see what I can do. Because uh, I had thrown together some hampers from some other friends. Um, and Deanna saw a Facebook post from me, I guess, about it. I think, um, I don't know, it's a long time ago now, it feels like. Um, but, and Deanna was like, oh, what's this about? And can I help? And I was like, yeah, of course you can. And so that was a very like informal beginnings of Peg City Kindness Crew. And since then we've done two years of two years of Christmas hampers, I want to say. I was like, I don't know. It all kind of jumbles together. Um, we've fed thousands of Winnipeggers lunches, um, other meals, care kits. Deanna, I don't like I'm missing things. I know I am. Here, I'll unmute myself. Um, yeah. So it basically, like Jay said, started just like a, Hey, I can help. And then Jay and I were working together at the time, saw what she posted and I'm like, tell me more. And I was like, Oh my gosh, do you mind if I share? I can post in my buy nothing group here in Winnipeg, maybe or in Westwood and see if anyone here has anything. And she's like, yeah, absolutely. And um, it just snowballed. And we were both, once it kind of set in of like, okay, these kids are hungry and our programs are canceling because of COVID and they couldn't have volunteers come to prepare breakfast for the kids. So they just canceled it. And by canceling it, it meant they didn't get food. I'm not okay with that. I have four children of my own. My partner has two. So six between the two of us. I, I can't imagine any one of them being hungry. I wasn't okay with it. And so we reached out to the teacher and Jay messaged her and said, what, what else do you guys need? And uh, we found out in her whole class, and this was like, I think middle school, um, only two of them had toothbrushes in the class. I'm, I'm not okay with that either. It doesn't make any sense. So we just put the word out. And we're like, we need toothbrushes. We need this. We need that. And the outpour from the community was just completely overwhelming. Everyone pulled together. 
they were donating stuff left, right, and center and sending us money. And um, we asked our boss, um, Al, at Judy Lindsay team, could can we be a drop-off place for stuff? Because, like, Jay's out in St. Patel and I'm in Westwood, but we're at the office all the time. He's like, yeah, absolutely. So people just started bringing copious amounts of stuff. And then they're like, hey, I have this. Can you use it? And we're like, yep, we will find a place to use it. And then we decided we wanted to do backpacks for our unhoused community uh, with essential supplies, uh, food and water and, um, you know, personal care items. So we put the word out there. The news got word of it. They interviewed us. And it was just, it was this beautiful snowball effect of um, just a complete outpour from the community wanting to help. And they're like, wow, you guys, like, what can we do? And um, in the beginning, again, with all the restrictions, we were very solo in our efforts as far as assembling everything and and managing the volume of stuff because we couldn't have people in to help us. So (laughs) my my house was uh, floor to ceiling, wall to wall. I'm not even joking of just boxes of food and supplies. Um, Jay as well, her whole basement was, you couldn't even move. It was like a crazy episode of hoarders. Um, And we realized very quickly we needed help. Um, we couldn't just be the two of us doing it all of the time. Um, last Christmas, I had to basically completely set out because I had my son on December 7th. So I needed a minute to just back off. But again, all the other volunteers stepped up and they all started helping. Um, and we formed a board and we're like, we were noticing we were missing out on some funding opportunities because we weren't not for profit. We were just sort of, like you mentioned earlier, grassroots and just kind of flying by the seat of our pants, doing the best we could. So we're like, you know, we should incorporate and get properly registered as not-for-profit. And um, hopefully that will open up some more doors for us because it'll be more, I don't know, legit. (laughs) So yeah, we just, we formed that moving forward. Hopefully that will, like I said, open doors. Absolutely amazing what you and others in the community are doing filling those holes that we've seen opened, like especially over the during the pandemic, how many things have fallen through the cracks and just, I think it's also increased the awareness of how people are seeing the world around us. Those who are struggling and that is continuing to grow and grow and grow each year, that there are so many people that need help. So it's awesome to see you and others willing to you know, give up your precious free time to help people. So you mentioned uh, you recently became a registered not-for-profit, and hopefully that opens some doors for you. What what was the process of that like, and what does that mean for the Peg City Kindness Crew now? The process of becoming a registered not-for-profit is... A little bit of a pain in the butt. I'm not going to lie. Um, I'm going to say that as politely as I can. Um, our poor, uh, one of our directors, Janelle, has done, taken the brunt of the work. And and Kai, one of our other directors, has a background in not-for-profits. So they were able to offer a lot of advice for Janelle. Um, and our, our, our board has a, like a just a weird way of having general knowledge about not-for-profit world, even if we haven't all directly worked there before. Um, It's just everybody's got bits and pieces and it all fits together and we just kind of shake it out. But Janelle did the brunt of the heavy lifting for it. Um, Ran around getting signatures from all six of us, I think there is. Um, 
uh, ran around filling out all the paperwork, getting like the okays for things that we needed, um, figuring out the bank processes, all of that. Because when when Deanna says grassroots, like we literally mean when when we say operating out of my basement and her living room type thing, um, that was it. People would send us e-transfers to our personal accounts and we would do our best to be like, okay, this is all PC Casey money. Oh my God, that's my paycheck. Don't spend all of it on PC Casey. I can't do that. Um, right? Like that's, it was so like, we'll just make it work until we run ourselves ragged. Um, so when people like Janelle and Kai and Helen and like everybody else stepped in, Connie, all of these other volunteers stepped in to be like, okay, you guys can't keep this sustainable. Just the two of you um, let us help. Um, so like Janelle did everything for the process really i signed a piece of paper and read some messages and said yes that's a great idea yes let's appoint a board i can't do this all of the time and i was like deanna's got a baby i know that deanna can't do all of this all the time i worked three or four jobs i can't do it right so these people made it super easy for us but not easy in general so you fill out the paperwork submit it to the government um pay a fee to see if your name's licensed already or not. And then you actually buy the incorporation. Um, and it's it's just a lot of rigmarole paperwork is really what it is. Um, and you have to select a board of directors and figure out the when you have meetings and um, an AGM and that sort of stuff. There's just a lot of hoops and red tape to jump through. The fun bureaucracy of just governments. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's uh, it's funny because like I've I I've been in the military before myself. Um, I've served on like not for profit boards and things like that. But I've never realized how much work it is to actually get one started. So um, it's definitely been a learning lesson for us. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully now that got that all set up, it'll take a little bit of the pressure off both of your backs and you know, you can work as a collective to help people in the community. Well, and that's that's one of the big things, sorry, and I'll just I'll bump in on this one, is that like right from the beginning when all these people started volunteering, Deanna and I were very upfront about if it's something that you care about or something that helps the community or helps somebody in Winnipeg or even outside of Winnipeg at this point, um, we care about it too. Let's do it. We want you to feel empowered to, to decide to want to help people. So like we're going to be helping um, some of the camps uh, over by the ledge soon. Some of the folks at those camps with like foot care stuff and like care packages and stuff like that. We handed out 2,500 lunches in one weekend which was pure chaos and madness, but man, did my heart scream happiness afterwards. But also like really like, uh, I don't know, you get to know these people and you get to meet these people and talk to them and spend time with them and you hear their stories. And so your heart's breaking because you want to do everything you can to help give these people the same fighting chance that the rest of you have or the rest of us have. But you realize that there's no way to give them that same fighting chance without big changes in policies. So it's it's a, a labor of love, but it's a heart-wrenching one too. It's such a challenge because as an individual, you want, you want to try so hard to make a difference, but you know we don't have the power or say that governments do. And I mean, Deanna and I were having a conversation before you hopped on about just, you know, it, it's hard to try and make a difference 
when your governments and doesn't matter the party doesn't seem to be caring about everyone equally and it's just frustrating to see these holes in our system so another cool thing i've uh, i've seen with your organization is you're kind of um doing a project or i guess an initiative something about uh, a quarter drive with inspire community outreach what can you tell me about that oh is that you saying you want me to do it Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> Deanna and I are really bad at like saying sign language through Zoom. We're such expressive people though. <laughs> um, so the quarter mile drive was started by a dear friend of mine, uh, Lisa Webinger. And her and her husband I've known for, I don't know, years. Um, and she has her own little community group that she has started working with and that sort of thing. And I saw her post posting about it and talking about it. And I was just like, oh, quarter mile drive to support Inspire. And Inspire does amazing work in the city, as we all know. Um, And I was just like, oh, I was just kind of reading it. And I was like, hey, I feel like that's something I could do. I was like, I can give like 10 bucks. And I was like, I can do better than that. Like, come on. Everyone else is giving 10 bucks. Jay, you have a, like a dang not for profit. Like, let's go do something about it. Okay. And so I messaged her and was like, Hey, Lisa. And before I talk to anybody in the group, because I'm really good at doing that, I overcommit or I promised like the world or I'm like, Hey, let's all go in. And then I'm just like, I hope to God everybody else is in because I'm in trouble if we're not. (laughs) Um, But I was like, Hey, Lisa, I'd really love for like PC Casey to support you guys and inspire with the core mile drive. Um, and Lisa was over the moon. She was just elated. She was so happy that we would be happy to step in. And I was just like, okay, but you got to talk to like our team, our our volunteers over there, um, because I'm no good at this. I don't know what you're doing yet. I don't know what's going on. I don't have my head wrapped around it. I just knew I wanted to help. So Lisa sat down with our team, uh, had a quick conversation, an hour long conversation about uh, uh, what what they've got planned to. Because um, a quarter is like, we all know how big a quarter is and you line them up and it's however long to raise so many dollars. Um, And that's what Inspire needs to cover a lot of their costs and to help them keep going and helping the community the way that they do. Um, And I was just like, yeah, like, let's go. And so if, if people can pitch in a quarter a day for the entire of the entirety of the campaign it works out to like so many like five dollars really so if you can pitch in five to ten dollars and if everybody can pitch in five to ten dollars then we've raised all the money that we need to help inspire keep going and keep operating and keep assisting the community the way that they have so we jumped right in i i really appreciate it when uh not-for-profits team up like what what's the point in kind of like having like an aggro kind of thing. It's like, no, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. Like, we got to work together. Like, that's that's how we're going to make change. Like, we start out as our grassroots, and then we become a nonprofit. And then as they grow, you can start collaborating with others, and you can fill more holes within the systems that way. And kind of just uh, leading into there, now that you are, uh, or like starting out, you're, you know, collecting food for school uh children for schools for breakfast you're providing hampers you're uh wanting to help out uh camps around the forks 
what sort of holes have you been seeing within our systems? I think for us, I don't know. I hate to say, I just, I don't feel like we can really rely on the government too much to do what needs to get done. Uh, I know that might piss some people off, but um, it's hard because a lot of the programs that they do have in place, like for example, some of the shelters, when we were talking to people, when we were handing out meals and supplies, I think a lot of times the general consensus is just like, well, there's all these programs available for them. They can go get food. They can go get shelter. They can go get medical care. But unfortunately, that's not actually truly the case. And a lot of the a lot of the, the things that are available to them, um, they don't feel safe. You know, they don't feel they can't go in if they are high or drunk. Well, unfortunately, a lot of the people that are struggling are also struggling with addiction. So that takes away a lot of their opportunity for support. Um, there's a lot of places where if they could go, they're worried they're going to get bed bugs or their stuff stolen or their personal safety isn't, um, isn't okay. Um, so it's, it's not just like, oh, here's this place we've set up. Now all the problems are solved. That's not the case. So I think there's a real lack of, um, of support and I'm not sure what the answer is. I'm, you know, I, I don't know. A lot of what we do with Peg City Kindness Crew and with the other organizations that we have partnered up with, um, it's very reactive. Like we see a problem, we try and offer us a temporary solution. And we understand that a lot of what we do is is very, um, very much a Band-Aid. Um, it's what we can do and with what we have and our resources and our amazing, you know, community when we throw out a request on social media our community steps up and they're like, yep, we have this, we can do this, we can provide this. Uh, but it is a very um, short-term Band-Aid solution. Um, there's some families we've helped that I do think we made a difference in giving them a strong platform for moving forward. Uh, we had a, a family that was, um, they'd been homeless for years. They were able to get um, a house that was provided to them, but they had nothing. So again, I think that's a huge lack in the system. The system provides them a home, but no resources to start a home. There's a lot of expenses. You need furniture and you need cleaning supplies. You need groceries, you need all the things. So they give them sort of a shell to live in, but that that's not enough. Um, however, we put the word out and within three days we were able to, or sorry, within a week, we were able to completely furnish a three bedroom home for their entire family, all the winter clothes they needed, huge shopping spree for groceries. We were able to take and re like fill their whole fridge and freezer and pantry. Um, so yeah, there's some flaws. Um, but I do think that by, by us stepping in and providing them with all the stuff they needed, that's all those things off their plate that they don't need to worry about, um, buying or sourcing out, um, I can only begin to imagine for whatever the reason is that you're starting over. Um, some of the people we help, it's from an abusive relationship. Sometimes it's maybe it was a house fire or they lost everything due to COVID. Um, they lost their jobs. They lost their home. There's all kinds of reasons that get people um, starting at square one again. And um, I don't know that the government really focuses enough on mental health. Um, I don't think they focus enough to support people through that. A lot of the, you know, people that I know that have, you know, struggled with addictions or mental health, they go to these resources for support and it's a joke. They, they don't feel that it's helpful. It doesn't feel like it's the thing to go to, 
but it's, it's not, it's not right. It's not, it, it doesn't actually do the job it needs to do. So again, I, I don't have the answer to solve it, which is why we're very reactive in what, in how we help, but there's definitely some holes. Um, I don't know. Somebody needs to fix. <laughs> I don't know who somebody is, but they're not doing it right now. That's for sure. <laughs> At least in, in my opinion and what I have observed, uh, yeah, governments don't seem to treat underlying issues within problems. It's very surface level. Like you mentioned, mental health, addictions. These are things that people struggle with. And it's almost impossible to get over, like overcome these things by yourself. Um, I can only speak from my own perspective and my own experience, my own lived experience, right? And Deanna knows me very well and is one of my closest friends. And that's why this just works so well. Um, uh, I, like I myself struggle with my own mental health issues and my own um, illnesses and that sort of thing. And I struggle with my own problematic substance use. Um, like, yes, I've been sober for uh four years but like it, it's still a day in day out thing um and with the surface surface level band-aids and that sort of thing if i didn't have my own personal friends and family to support me and help me in my own support system to get me through there's no way that peg city kindness would have ever started because it started for me from a place of love from my mom and my best friend who's been missing for 13 years those were the two people in my life that I was like, hey, I want to do something because I care about them, right? And Deanna, right place, right time, cares about the same things that I love and care about and the same people that I love and care about and our community. So it just, it worked very well, but it would have never been a thing um, with the surface surface level band-aids that there are uh, out there. And, and that's, really all I can say on that. Well, hopefully through conversations like this and more nonprofits starting up, maybe people will start to, you know, maybe it'll be like a splash of water in the face and they'll start to realize, oh yeah, maybe we do need to make substantial changes and empty promises from politicians isn't going to solve anything. Maybe, yeah, we need to come together, work together. And so amazing both of you and the rest of the people at Peg City Kindness Crew coming together to make a difference. And hopefully we can continue to inspire others to go out and make a difference as well. And, you know, as a collective, maybe we'll then have voices that governments will have to listen to then. I know we've we've changed some people's opinions already and that sort of thing. Like my mother-in-law um, has grown and comes and helps all the time with us now. Um, my niece, who's a 15-year-old teenager and like the sweetest soul in the world, um, uh, like is like, well, Auntie J, can I come help? Can I come out and like hand out food with you or hand out care packages? Can I help you assemble them? I'm like, you bet you can, kid. Like, of course. I was like, your two hands are just as like helpful as my two hands. So like get in here, you know, like you've got it. So yeah, like people, the more they learn, the more that they're aware of the surrounding issues and the the situations that are out there, um, they definitely do jump to help. Yeah. And sorry, just a little more on that too. I think um getting youth involved in helping. I know we did a fundraiser a while back for um, handing out hot meals to our 
community and um, Silver Heights restaurant gave us a great deal. They did all the meals for us, packaged them all up. They put out on their social media. So they got more donors for us as well. And I think at the end of that, when we did 100 hot meals um, on that uh, day that we had sort of, uh, I think we maybe we raised money for a week or two. It was pretty quick that it came together, but they handed out hot meals. And um, they actually had some of their sort of youth through there helping actually hand the meals out. And um, Tony, the owner, messaged me after and he's like, um, it was really eye opening for them too. And they were really moved um, being able to be a part of that. And he's like, you've got volunteers for life. Like, I think it changed their perspective. Um, I know for my kids too, again, during COVID, I didn't have people coming over helping me pack stuff up. So (laughs) there I've got my two little kids and um, they're like eight and eight and five or eight and six at the time or something. And um, yeah, they were so excited. They'd get up in the morning and they're like, who are we packing a hamper for this morning, mom? And I was like, oh, you know what? We're going to do these ones. And they went through and they're just grabbing all the different food and putting it all in. And we had um, somebody donate like three truckloads full of toys, uh, used toys, gently used and books and stuff like that. So I was packing up hampers for kids and my kids are looking through the list and they're like, I was like, okay, so we have a seven-year-old boy, a four-year-old girl, a blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. And then we were gathering, almost like shopping through the pile. And they were really like, I think this kid would like this. And I think a little girl would love this. And they were like, oh, this is really nice. I think this will, this they'll feel really special when they open this. And um, to be able to teach kids at a really young age that there's more out there than just them and their own little world, um, I think it really helps to... Um, just get them when they're young and just teach them, you know, compassion and um, that there is a community and it is exciting and rewarding to be a part of something where you're not just always getting, but giving is actually a really um, fulfilling thing. And we had a lot of people tell us that too. Um, They were like, I've been so down. I've been so isolated. I've felt so Um, sad and helpless with everything when this was when lockdown first happened. And they're like, thank you. We had so many people thanking us for doing what we were doing, for thanking us for letting them be a part of it, because it made such a difference to them to get involved. And they, they were like, I didn't even know how badly I needed this. I needed to help so badly. So thank you for letting me help because this was, I really needed this. And I think that you know, obviously we're, we're not so much in lockdown now, but keeping that going, just allowing people an opportunity to get involved in their community, to learn about people that aren't, you know, their neighbors that are struggling with different things that maybe they're familiar with. It can really broaden their um, just understanding of sort of how our community works and, and some of the flaws and how they can help make a difference. And I, I think it's up to us as a collective, more so than relying on the government. Um, I know Janelle, she was like, you know, that's one of our directors. She's like, it's really important to write letters and, you know, write to the politicians and make our government hear us. And she's really big on voting. And she's like, those are things we can make a difference on. And there's a lot of people that don't do that. Um, So yeah, I just think all the different levels of being able to make a difference individually it doesn't always feel like one person, like it's a drop in the bucket, but you get a lot of drops and you can make some serious waves and you can really, you really can make change. And I've seen that over the last two years. Um, 
So yeah, one person, just do your thing because it really, really does add up and it, it, does, it changes lives, which is pretty amazing. It's absolutely fantastic to meet both of you and talk with you and find out more about Peg City Kindness Crew. If someone wants to get involved and help out with their time, donations, both um, food items or uh, financial where can they go for more information? You can find us on Facebook. That's our main thing. I think Janelle started an Instagram page for us, but we're our core is mainly on Facebook. So Peg City Kindness Crew. Um, you can find us on there. Um, our our projects that we're doing fluctuate as we have need. As somebody has you know approaches us, or we hear of something that we want to be a part of, um, we jump in. So there is always a need. There's always a project. Um, right now, just a few quick little things. We're selling some stickers that were donated to us from Peg City Stickers, a local design company here. Uh, we're selling them for $5 each. That money will go towards providing um, supplies and hot meals for our unhoused community. Um, the Sign Foundation, which is another um, organization here, which you should interview them as well. They are spectacular. <laughs> they um, are uh, also not-for-profit. They help us. They've got an approved kitchen, so they can make meals for us for $3.40. We can get a hot meal that's healthy, that's individually packaged, that we can go hand out. So all the money raised from the sales of those stickers goes towards that. Um, we have a couple of albums full of uh, donated toys and books and clothes. 100% of the money from that is going directly, again, towards our projects that we do in the community. And we're also asking that everybody save their um, cans, scrap metal, um, even like soup cans or, you know, when you're cooking, can of beans, whatever, just rinse it out, squish it up, set it aside for us. Um, Janelle's husband has offered to, um, you know, we'll collect load trailer loads full of scrap metal and stuff and take it in and um, that money will be able to go towards our projects as well. So again, just little, little things here and there, it all adds up and um, we can we can use that to put towards good. So yeah, find us on Facebook and yeah. I've we'll also, I've also put my phone number on the Facebook page for the contact if people need to contact us. Um, and that's 204-955-1312. And I'm, I'm okay with that and, and putting that out there. If people want to call me to ask for help or, or, or suggest to help or help us, um, I'm more than happy to get all the phone calls in the world for that. If you have any stories you'd like us to share, or communities we should highlight, leave a comment on our social media, or reach out to us on our website. I'm Ryan Funk. This was You Talk. And have yourself a good one.